0: Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. When you walk into a coffee shop, what's the first thing that you notice? I notice the smell because I have a bloodhound nose. I notice maybe the artwork on the walls, the furniture. Is it couches? Is it tables? Is it chairs? Is there fun sayings on the wall? And then I look behind the counter, of course, what kind of espresso machines they have, what are the baristas like, et cetera. We we buy into all of that, don't we, before we actually taste the coffee, especially if you're going somewhere you've never gone before. And I was thinking about that, and, you know, I do love me some Starbucks. Starbucks is somewhere I frequent often, probably because they're on almost every corner and they're easy and drive-through. And I do like a lot of their drinks. I love a good iced Americano. pumpkin spice latte around fall is always fun my go-to is usually an almond cinnamon almond milk latte sprinkled cinnamon not the syrup anyway I have my, my definitely my Starbucks love however I will say when it comes to the drip coffee and their roasted coffee like the actual in a cup type coffee I'm not a big fan I know oh my gosh I admitted that true confessions it's a very big deal But they don't have the best coffee in my opinion. They're not all that good. And there are a lot of really cool like mom and pop type places that maybe don't have all the pomp and circumstance. They don't have the the mermaid logo and the the history and the websites and the, the green apron culture that they've created. I feel like we've bought into a charismatic coffee shop experience as opposed to really paying attention to the grind and to the actual beans and to the actual flavor and taste of the coffee itself. And so many hole in the walls, nondescript places, mom and pop type places have excellent coffee, right? Am I right, coffee connoisseurs? Come on, have my back on this. So I, I am sorry to some of the bigger chain places. And it's not always the big chains that are bad, there's also some really great local chains. But what I what I was thinking about this is I'm like, you know, it's a lot like how we buy into leaders. We buy into their charisma. We buy into how they say something as opposed to often what they say. We love a good speech. We love a good TED Talk. We love a good, you know, oh, man, that person, when they talk, I'm buying what they're selling. I am drinking the Kool-Aid, you know. Uh, So why is that? And I was was doing some research on charisma, and I did Google, like, who are the most charismatic leaders through time? And, you know, people you wouldn't be surprised about, of course, like Martin Luther King Jr. came up on there, and um, Malcolm X. And then, of course, there's the villainous part of the list, which is like Adolf Hitler. And, you know, people don't like to admit that because he he was a bad human, and he did a lot of horrible things. But how do you get other people to do your bidding and your bad things is – very charismatic, very convincing, very persuasive. So, when you look up the definition of charismatic leadership, it is defined as a leader. Who uses their communication skills, persuasiveness, and charm to influence others? Charismatic leaders, given their ability to connect with people on a very deep level, especially are especially valuable within organizations that are facing a crisis or struggling to move forward. So, if you think about it, often what happens is these types of leaders step into the spotlight. It's all about timing. It's all about in that moment when people are looking for a savior. It's all about in that moment when people are looking for someone just to lead them out of the crisis, lead them. You know, Simon Sinek's research and studies, like he would talk in his books about, you know, we crave that kind of community. We crave the alpha telling us, where do we go next, alpha? And we will follow you. We will take care of you just as long as you take care of us. This is just human 101, right? Um, But what what is the shadow side of all of this? So I was thinking about, there's a test called um, Strength Finder, and it's also a book. And it's awesome, and I love the philosophy because it's talking about what are your strengths and focusing on your strengths as opposed to there are a lot of really, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of old school leadership gurus, a lot of old business thinking that talks about whoa, you got to strengthen our weaknesses, you got to get better at your weaknesses. And I've always thought that was a terrible idea because there are just some things that I believe personally. I believe God gifts us with certain things. We have purpose. We have passions. We have callings for a reason. And there are some things that we are just like born to do because it's it's in our heart. It's in our, we're wired that way. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe there's a lot of characteristics that we can be good at. You can learn how to be a good public speaker. You can learn how to be a good presenter. You can practice and learn how to be very persuasive, right? That would be one of those traits of charisma, I was on the speech and debate team in college, and that was something we practiced. There was a, a whole category called persuasive speech speeches. So there are definitely things that you can learn to do. It can be a learned behavior to do. Uh, because I think sometimes we think of charismatic leaders as, oh, they have a certain je ne sais quoi. They have a certain I don't know what, you know, like to grow Austin Powers, ha ha. Um, and we fall for that, right? We fall for the shiny. We fall for the... The you know oh wow like they are they're just they're talking right to me in a powerful way in an emotional way and it's tugging at my heartstrings type of way and that's okay I mean we are humans so we fall for those kinds of things. I mean how many how do you think so many televangelists talk people into sending their money into them so they can buy yet another Rolls Royce or another gold watch while the people who are sitting at home watching them on TV or maybe sitting even in in a church building are just like, yes, yes, I believe. And oh, you will make me feel better. You will pray for me. You will heal me. You will do all these things if I give you money. I'm sorry. Like the snake oil oil charlatans of those types of, of people and religions to me are just disgusting because that is so not living a life of ministry. And anyway, I'm going down a different path. But my point was, that those kinds of people, they know how to talk to the people. They know how to pray. They know how to pray on isolation, feelings of isolation, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of not worth. I mean, it's the same way like my sister got sucked into some weird cult beliefs. It's like, well, of course, because you're unhappy with yourself. You have low self-esteem. You have issues. So you hear somebody or you buy into what they're saying because it makes you feel worthy. It makes you feel like you found your, your, your community or your tribe. And so what's dangerous about that is all those smoke and mirrors, there's no substance. And I think we're missing that substance and we're not even looking for that substance because we're allowing what's kind of bringing us in to be the it as opposed to, okay, you are a charismatic speaker, kind of digging it, enjoying your TED talk, enjoying this kind of thing. But where's the substance? Where What's behind that? I feel like people are... I don't even know if social charisma is a word or a term maybe I'm making it up rock on but if you think about on social media today this is what people are buying into too and it is so much easier on social and digital and online to create an aura and create a moment and build in some theatrics of how you say something the words you select the visuals you're choosing to really get people, like, just, you know, all riled up about something. It's like it's happening all the day, all the time. They're evoking strong emotions from people through words and carefully curated visuals and videos and and social. And then so then we get riled up, and then we start doing that ourselves. And I think it's it's dangerous because then people are not doing their homework. They're not doing their research. They're not looking and digging into the person a little more. They're not, you know, actually – Trying to figure out like what's behind this, they're they're allowing to lead with their emotions in that moment, which is why it's so dangerous as leaders, but also as people who are looking for to other leaders as role models that you're buying into that. Um, I'm probably gonna say something super unpopular right now, but you know, Bob Iger used to be the the head, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company and people are just like, oh, he's so charismatic. Oh, Bob. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. He's just the best leader ever. Everything. He's in that role for 15 years, whatnot. And frankly, I feel like, yeah, he had some charisma. He definitely said the right things at the right time, the right people. Um, but I don't think he was the best leader, like overall, the organization. Creativity, innovation. He had a lot of people working for him that were extremely creative, came up with good ideas, but. I mean, he bought Star Wars, he bought Lucasfilm, he bought Marvel, he bought things that were already proven to be awesome and proven to be, have big followings for, and definitely early on he did some things to help clean up some of Michael Eisner's mess, speaking of somebody else who just liked to hear himself talk, and egomaniac, but again, like, people were buying into, and and Iger seems to have this, like, halo effect around him of, oh, but that era was so great, was this. And was like, I think it's because he is charismatic. He he connected with people. He was charming, right? He had that woo factor. So like, you know, when you talk about strength finder, um, there is one of the attributes of strength finder, one of the strengths is woo. And woo, well, sounds kind of like an 1800s thing you do in a courtship in the Victorian era, but uh, woo is really that type of thing it's the ability to connect with people to to find those connections it's someone who's charismatic who's a connector and actually woo happens to be one of my high top five strengths now with every strength there's a shadow the shadow side of woo is you could come across as superficial or you know you fly at a surface level all the time and there's no depth to you and I think that that is very dangerous because also if you're using your high woo factor and ability to do that for evil or bad and then that's awful because you're luring people in with their on their emotions as opposed to on truly like reality of what the situation is or what they're you know trying to sell you it's like you know it's like a car salesman right just minus maybe a few gold change But it's the same kind of philosophy. It's like, all right, yeah, 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 you can woo me all you want here, buddy. But let's get down to brass tacks and talk about the make and the model of the car. What does it actually have on it? What is it worth? Do your homework. Look up the blue book. Do all that stuff, right? You don't just buy what the guy is telling you. So with all this charisma oozing out of every place you see, whether it's on social or watching videos and whatnot, how on earth are we going to change? Like how does this apply To us as leaders, is this something that we can get better at? Is this something that we can foster? Do we want to? What does that look like? Well, let's get into some sips about it. All right, sip number one. First of all, focus on facts, not feelings. We are humans, we have feelings. I'm not discounting that those are real and they tell you something, they give you information. It doesn't mean that it's fact and it doesn't mean that it's truthful. There's a lot of things that play into feelings, your own biases, your own, you know, a reaction in a moment in time. It's why we always say when you feel something, take a deep breath, take a step back before you react. Assess like what is it that I'm feeling, thinking, etc. So when you're looking to someone else or listening to someone else or even for your yourself too, it's like making sure that we focus on facts. But when... When we hear someone, and again, those charismatic types, what's the content of their character? What, are, what is the historical evidence telling you about that person? What have their actions been? What's their voting record? You know, who are they when the camera isn't on them? So remove all those smoke and mirrors and get down to really trying to understand who that person is. And that's through a lot of different mechanisms. That's extremely important to look at. Step number two, look for actions, not acting. Anybody can stand up there on a stage, right? Even when, you know, we went to Nuremberg, we did one of those river cruises. It was so fun from Budapest to Nuremberg. And so um, my husband and I went on a tour, a World War II tour. And yes, we ended up, one of the places was those Nazi grounds that you see in that old footage, footage. And Hitler would stand up there on the stage high above everybody else and you know speaking out all of his stuff to the masses and people ate it up right and you look around you're like oh my gosh how can they believe that guy but the truth is is he told the people what they wanted to hear and he was so convincing so persuasive so even though the villains throughout history can also be identified as charismatic leaders there was also a certain theatrics to him um, just in that alone. And, and you think about like even po- politicians and public figures today, they have teleprompters, they have awesome speechwriters, they have lighting, they have the right people standing around them in those, you know, op- you know hero moments and, and everything. And again, nothing against awesome speechwriters and people who do some of these things. But actions speak louder than words, always make sure that that's the case. So if you're you're buying into someone and just what they're saying and you're like, gosh, I like what they're saying, but let's see how that plays out. Let's see if they're saying one thing on the public forum and stage, but they're doing something else in private life. And how many politicians do we see doing that? I mean – I remember Nancy Pelosi saying, you can't go to salons in California, and yet she goes sneakily around and, and goes to a salon herself. Like, that's hypocritical. There's so much hypocrisy in, in politics and in people. So don't buy everything that they're saying to you. Look at their actions. Look at what they're actually doing. It's so important. Sip number three, instead of focusing on charisma, focus on being a transformational leader Because if you want to change the world, you need to, to quote Hamilton, talk less and smile more. But that means smile with authenticity that, hey, I'm here for you, you individual. I don't necessarily need to be on the world stage and try to persuade the masses to what I believe. Now, somebody may think right now as they're listening to me, well, that's rich, Carla, and you're on a podcast, and you're always posting stuff on social media about leadership and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yeah, I am. And maybe I'm using my woo, just kidding. No, I, but for me, what's, where the magic really does happen is the connections, the one-to-one connections. It's when some of you are listening, reaches out, and we have these amazing conversations about leadership, It's when I can connect heart-to-heart with someone and help mentor people. It's when I can coach and mentor people to help them follow their dreams and follow their careers. And I can give you lots of evidence of those types of things in my actions. How I use the world stage is merely to put a positive voice out on the world stage and to encourage people to recognize that leadership starts with integrity and starts from within. And so when we think about that and think about being transformational on our leadership, there's no smoke and mirrors about that. It needs to start from heart and it needs to start from authenticity and it needs to have the actions that align with the acting. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow leaderships on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.